Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness coming up on the show today in this one-hour edition, like always. Crunchy, Kevin Holden, CBS Sports Director, CBS 58 Sports Director, I should say, joins us here in about uh, 15 to 20 minutes from right now. And we'll talk all things uh, Wisconsin sports with him. Get his take on the Bucks and their playoff chances. Get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and this Packers drama and how he thinks this whole thing uh, is eventually going to play out. And we'll talk a little Brewers with him uh, as well. Corbin Burns dealing through four innings already as Corbin Burns. He's only thrown 60 pitches. Uh, and we'll find out uh, whether or not uh, he'll be allowed to go like normal. Because, again, coming off of uh, the IL with his issues, health issues, uh, how long will they let him go? And that's the one thing that we don't know at this point, and we'll see. Obviously, the longer he goes, the better off he'll be. Brewers down 1-0 to the St. Louis Cardinals uh, in that one at this point. That game on YouTube. YouTube. That's what I said. It's not on Valley Sports Wisconsin. It's not on ESPN. It's not on MLB Network. It's on YouTube. So uh, those of you uh, that uh, you know are the cord cutters are have to be very very excited. You get to see a game on YouTube today. So uh, there you go. But while that game was on, I gotta get to Plucker here quick. While that game was on, Plucker has been watching it and monitoring it over on the other side to cut highlights uh, for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post game show with Tim Allen coming up immediately following this one. Uh, and you were not so happy, uh, Plucker, by. What happened when Corbin Burns broke this strikeout to no walk record uh, to start a season uh, with the broadcasters in that game? We've got Plesak uh, in, in that booth, Holiday, Matt Holiday, the former Cardinals outfielder in that booth, and Scott Braun uh, is the other one uh, that is in that booth as the play-by-play guy. So what happened that irritated you? So there was hardly any lead-up to it. They weren't like, oh, he's one pitch away or one strike away from breaking this record. Which he there should have been. It's he, the, the the record that hasn't, I mean, going back to, what, 1893 or whatever. Right. And, well, and it was actually Kenley Jansen's record, uh, but he was a closer. Not so a starter. Not a starter, right. Adam Wainwright was the next closest, and he was at, like, 36 strikeouts. Ironically, they were interviewing Adam Wainwright while it was happening from the Cardinals' dugout. The frustrating part about it was 
they were not talking about Corbin Burns at all. They were talking about Mario Kart, a video game. Instead of talking about what's happening on the field, history being made. See, and that is a screw up by Braun, for sure. That's definitely on him for not being prepared and not knowing the situation. But it's also on his producers and people that support him uh, in the TV truck or whatever it is for YouTube. Uh, all of that, all of those people are supposed to be providing him with some of this information, I would imagine. So while Braun definitely is to blame for some of this, I think that's definitely part of it. But I'll I'll also say this, like, Matt Holiday, maybe he doesn't know. You would think Plesak would have been all over this. Well, that's the thing. Plesak is not one of the main broadcasters. So he wasn't a part of that interview? No, no, he wasn't. He's like a third guy that pops in here and there on the broadcast. Oh, the way the press release made it sound, it made it sound like Holiday, Plesak, and Braun were all part of this together. No, I, I think he's more of a, a tertiary commentator on the game so the other two are are interviewing or at least for this interview i've been able to listen to the whole thing obviously because i'm listening to you guys and and doing stuff for the big show but at least for this interview with wainwright it was the other two guys holiday and braun talking over each other the whole time and talking with wainwright and then police act back in the corner waiting to chime in so they're interviewing adam wainwright asking about mario kart he finally strikes out the dude uh, and Wainwright actually starts talking about how good Corbin Burns is. So Cor- so Wainwright is praising Corbin Burns, praising everything that he's done this season, telling the guys like how great of a pitcher he's been this year, and then he strikes out uh, the guy to break the record, and then they say, oh, yeah, Corbin Burns just broke a record there. Hmm. And then about 40 seconds later, because then they go over the, oh, yeah, now he's – He's uh, surpassed Kenley Jansen, and oh yeah, you too there are there, Wainwright. And then about 30 more seconds pass, and then Police Act steps in with a little bit more on the strikeout itself, saying like, oh yeah, he threw a fastball down and in, and this was after he was behind in the count, yada, 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 and like actually breaks down the strikeout itself. But for the most part, it was largely skipped over. Yeah, and that to me, again... Braun gets most of the the blame here because you're the play-by-play guy. You should know the situation. But again, the other part of it is the producers not making him aware of the situation. So going into that interview, it should have started with, hey, you know, Corbin Burns could be history at any point during this interview. Uh, Adam Wayne, right? You know, what what do you make of the start Corbin Burns is off to? Boom, let him talk about it. Then you acknowledge what's going on. People that are watching on YouTube then can kind of pay really close attention what's going on with Corbin Burns knowing he's a strikeout away. And then you can talk about your stupid Mario Kart or whatever you want to talk about with uh, with Adam Wainwright at that point. Yeah, that's just that's a miss uh, by the play-by-play guy, and that's a miss, obviously, by the the producer or whatever that is setting this whole thing up. So I, I eh, disappointing, I guess, would be the best way to put that. Also disappointing uh, to a certain degree was to see this Packers schedule, and the Packers are on Christmas Day against the Cleveland Browns. Now again, that game doesn't kick till three thirty. Then the second game on Christmas Day will be a night game, a 7.30 start, uh, and that's going to be Indianapolis uh, in Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Now, again, uh, do the Browns have that type of draw where people are going to want to watch the Browns? I have no idea. But the Packers definitely have that type of draw. I guess I'm surprised that the Cardinals and Indianapolis are the second game on Christmas Day. You would have thought it would have been a Pittsburgh or a Dallas Somebody like that that you know is going to bring that huge audience to the TV set guaranteed at that point. Now, the positives 
in this whole scenario, and we talked about it earlier uh, on the big show, is it's later in the afternoon, it's later at night. Now, for those people that have families and have kids and all of that, you can still open your presents, still do all that stuff in the morning, uh, and then still give yourself some time to get ready and then go to the stadium if you are working that day. And I'm not talking about the players. I'm just talking about the people that work at the stadium, whether it be in Arizona or in Green Bay. So that's kind of a positive, I guess, uh, at this point. The other positive in all of this as well is from those home players, home team guys. So in this case, Green Bay and Arizona, they would get to spend Christmas morning with their families and their kids and all of that. So that's positive. Now, the downside in all of this, obviously, the travel teams, Indianapolis, Cleveland, they're not going to get to spend the time uh, with their kids. They're going to be away or whatever. And look, you could say pitfalls of the job, right? You could say, ah, Thanksgiving. You got three games on Thanksgiving, Sparky. Not complaining about Thanksgiving games. I have complained for quite a while about Thanksgiving games. I don't think, and Plucker knows I'm going to say this, I don't believe Detroit deserves to be on Thanksgiving, and I don't believe the Cowboys deserve to be on Thanksgiving. And I understand that it's tradition, and because the Lions haven't been good, it's their Super Bowl, and you can't take that away from Detroit, then they'll have nothing, and da-da-da-da-da. Okay, look, I understand all of this. My issue with all of it is I'm okay if you want to have Detroit and Dallas be that. But I think if you're going to put them in those games, I don't think they should be guaranteed home games each year. I think that should rotate. So if in 2021 Detroit's the home team, fine. Then in 2022, the Lions still play on Thanksgiving, but now they're going to be the road team against whoever is picked, right? Dallas, same way. But if you take it a step farther, should we really be having these NFL games or NBA games or whatever the case may be on holidays, on Christmas, on Thanksgiving, on Easter, or whatever the case is. you know, Is it something that do we think is really necessary at this moment in time to have? Do I understand why they do it? Sure, I get it. TV ratings, right? Everybody's got their family time or by their friend's house or whatever the case may be, and everybody's huddled around in the living room or in the kitchen or in the downstairs or you're not outside, it's too damn cold out, but whatever the case is, and you're watching TV or you have the TV on. Now, most years, right? Christmas Day is NBA. That that's that's what the uh, Christmas is all about is the NBA. Now the NFL is sliding into the NBA DMs saying, "Hey, hey, hey. Uh, we we'd like a little piece of this action ourselves. We we'd like to take some of your ratings and, and roll with it at this point." If you're the NBA, you're fuming mad. Right? I mean, you just have to be. You have to be fuming mad because this has been your day the entire time, and now the NFL is going to swoop in here and try and, and take away from you what's been your biggest day. I just don't think, specifically Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, I'm not really down with that either, but Thanksgiving, I guess, is a little bit easier to accept. But for Christmas, not again, not everybody celebrates Christmas. Religions are different and so forth, and you have Hanukkah and, and all of this, and I get that. I, I just don't think it's really all that fair necessarily to those people that are working uh, those jobs and whatever else to pull them away from their families, especially when it's an every year thing like it is in Detroit and Dallas. I mean, that's ridiculous. Now, again, having said that, 
you know when you sign up for that job to go work for the Lions or go work for the Cowboys, you know that kiss your family goodbye on Thanksgiving, you're not going to see them until whatever time of night, and that's when Thanksgiving will be celebrated, and you will miss out on all those Thanksgiving celebrations while the rest of your family does it without you. And if that's okay with everybody involved, then so be it. I just don't know if you necessarily need it uh, at this point. You got a problem with the Packers playing on Christmas Day, or do you love it? Are you super excited? Are you and the family maybe going to go to the game? Maybe maybe you got tickets and you plan to head into Lambeau to celebrate Christmas at Lambeau Field with a 330 star. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us uh, at 1250 AM, the fan. And uh, I'm anxious to kind of hear where everybody is on this because I don't think this is a topic – I don't think I could be wrong. That is is really going to get everybody all riled up because Sparky's saying he's not quite sure whether or not, you know, the Packers playing on Christmas is such a great idea. Uh, Frank tweets back uh, to the question, do you like the Packers playing on the holiday? No, but the NFL does because it means big ratings and money. That's all that matters to the NFL. And not only... Does it mean all of that? But it also means stealing spotlight from the other uh, pro league. Who I don't know if they view it this way. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know if the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, views competing against the NBA at this part of the year, or if he views competing against the NFL come August and September and October. If he doesn't view it that way, then he's sadly mistaken. He should. And Roger Goodell of the major sports commissioners probably is the only one that could say, I really don't care about the rest of these people. We're going to do what we want to do, and they can react to us. They can get out of our way working. He can say that. But Silver and Manfred, those guys in baseball uh, and in the NBA, they kind of do get stuck in a situation where they have to react to the NFL. And that's why, again, like I said, if you're silver, I just think you have to be just fuming mad over the the the, the, the past where you've got NFL games on Christmas Day. It's a Saturday. You know, it's one thing if it falls on Sunday and that's their day of the week. Ah, oh, fine. All right, I get it. But now you're putting a couple games on Saturday. And I also understand that in previous years you've had Saturday games late in the season, so that's not out of... You know, realm of possibility of happening. I just am not necessarily a huge fan of it. Uh, will we be watching? Of course we'll be watching. Uh, but it does suck, I, I think, for those families involved. Because when you sign up to work for the Packers, you're not signing up to work on Christmas Day. Like That's, that's not something I think anybody's expecting to do necessarily. And, and now this year, you are stuck uh, working on Christmas Day. Coming up next, we'll talk with Crunchy Kevin Holden from CBS 58. Quick check-in on this uh, Brewers game. What's the latest on this Brewers game, Dan Plucker? Uh, other side of the glass. Brewers, I believe, are still losing uh, in this game one to nothing, uh, if I believe correctly. I don't think he is paying attention to me. So let me see if I can find a uh, scoring update. The Cardinals are still winning one to nothing. It is still one nothing. Yeah. Okay, good. So the Cardinals are still up one nothing. So this game is moving along. Don't forget, after the last pitch, to make the switch. Uh, we will have the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post-game show with the franchise, Tim Allen, right here on the fan. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. All of your plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Dan Plucker, executive producer, other side of the glass. Yes, Dan. Corbin Burns allows his first walk of uh, the season. 58 strikeouts, though, woo, to start. 58. He got to 58. He did. All right. Who did he walk? 
Uh, I did not see it. I just saw that the Brewers tweeted, and the streak ends at 58. Of course, it had to end against the stupid Cardinals. Ugh. Uh, all right, joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, CBS 58 Sports Director, I call him Crunchy, Kevin Holden, joins us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. What's going on, Mr. Holden? What's happening, Sparky? First of all, I'm glad he stopped at 58. That makes me happy because uh, that's, you know, a little little promotion there. Nice. And, uh, Good two, point. And two, how many people want to trade him now that he's walked somebody? So you're bitter about social media too, huh? A little well, bit. Okay, so what what are what are you bitter about on social media? Tell me. Let's let's talk it through. I see. Here's the thing. As a sports fan, you're tied to a team for the ups and downs. You're you're, you're tied for seasons. You're tied for generations. And one game, one series that doesn't go your way doesn't change a lot, unless it's the World Series or everybody gets hurt on your team. It doesn't change that much. So I, well, that's why I always one bad outing or a bad series from a hitter, something like that. These people are, they're ready to trade. They're ready to make stuff happen right away. And it's like, man, you got to have some patience. I'm glad, uh, you know, the Craig Councils of the world have a little more patience. I don't have patience. And I, I don't have patience for several guys on this roster, to be honest with you. I have no patience for Josh Lindblom, for instance. This is the guy that's coming back today, uh, and he's going to get another opportunity to pitch. I don't think he's a very good Major League Baseball pitcher, Kevin, and I don't think uh, that they're better off with him on the roster than they would be with him off the roster. No, that's, uh, that one uh, you, you're absolutely entitled to. That That's different than one walk and 58 strikeouts. That's like one one walk and 58 runs allowed, you know? It's, right. Uh, a, a real, real rough year for Lindblom, and it seems like they've tried to find spots for him. And uh, he, has, he has not functioned in any of those spots. And if you're going to be a competitive team, you can't keep a roster spot open for a guy who isn't giving you anything, uh, you know, as a starter, as a reliever, as whatever. I mean, that's that, – yeah, that one's totally understandable. If they've got a cut bait there, it's too bad because he's a good guy. But I get it. Right. That, that's part of it. Now, uh, patience. Okay, let's. I, I like this. We'll make that the, uh, the the surrounding thing about this segment because th- there's there's lots of items we could talk about whether or not we should have patience. How much more patience uh, should Brewer fans have for Keston Hira, who uh, when he came up looked like he could win a batting title last year, struggled, but so did Yelich. So you write that off. Pandemic year, whatever. Uh, now you come back this year, struggles in spring training, gets red hot in spring training. Lights come on. Now it's time to play for real, and right back uh, down we go. Uh, and now he's down in the minors trying to figure this whole thing out. How much more patience should Brewers fans have with him? I think there should be some more patience. It's In, in Keston Hira's case, in my mind, I think this is a mental thing. You're talking about a guy who's a professional hitter. He looks like a professional hitter from day one. Uh, I know he hasn't looked like a professional hitter at times this year, but uh, but the knowledge is there. The ability is there. And I feel like... Whether it's the position switch, whether it's the weird 2020 season, and the fact that guys' routines get switched up, something just hasn't clicked mentally. And I still believe, and and I know guys will tell you that they can turn this on and off, but I still think that a couple of bad plays defensively can affect your mentality at the plate. It can change how you approach at bats. And I think that could be part of this, is that Kesson's thinking about playing first, the things you've got to do fundamentally at first base, and it's affected what he's done at the plate. So 
there's plenty more patience with him. It's really sad that uh, that he's in the minors as this season's going along, but I still think he'll be back. I think he'll be better. So right now, looking at this Brewers team, and we've talked about this uh, before. We had Anthony Wittrado on uh, on Sparky's Midday Madness, I think it was yesterday, and just brought up the fact that uh, of everything that you could be in need of come trade deadline, providing you're still in this thing, which I think the Brewers will be, because eventually there's the, the bats are going to get going, I would imagine, is it's a lot cheaper to go find a bat than it is to go find another starting pitcher. And because Burns and Woodruff and Peralta have been so good, and because all three can pitch you in a playoff series, that will be the luxury the Brewers might be able to have here at the trade deadline coming up in a couple months of being able to go get a bat instead of a starting pitcher. You and I, Sparky, have lived through enough of these Brewers seasons that this has to be our twilight zone. We are actually yes. having a conversation that the Brewers have plenty of pitching and need a bat. I, 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 we slipped into some upside-down universe. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%, but this is not reality. It can't be because if, for the, you and I have known each other for more than a decade, and every conversation is always, man, they can hit one through six, one through seven, yep. one through eight, but who pitches for this team? Uh, it's, you're, you're 100% right, and it is an incredible luxury to have to have not just good starting pitching but you know I was looking at a, a graphic last night of most uh, outings with five or more innings and one hit or fewer allowed this year Bruce have top three guys yep <laughs> not just one they have three that's a playoff series worth of pitching so yeah there will be bats you know how the trade deadline works there are guys at positions across the board and it is way easier to get that than to, than to try to go get an arm this is great no question about that and you know, the other thing you look about this Brewers team right now is just how much better does this offense get once you get Christian Yelich back? Because earlier today, they announced that Christian Yelich is going on a rehab assignment down in Nashville uh, for a couple of games. Uh, and then hopefully if everything goes well, they're going to call him back up. And all they really did differently with his back was change the exercises uh, and change kind of how they were treating his back. And seemingly that has worked, or at least for the moment it's worked until he plays the game to see how he feels. How much better does this offense get once he is back in the middle of it. Everything gets a little bit better, and it's it's that whole principle of when Yelich slides into his spot in the batting order, then the Brewers can slide other better hitters to other spots in the order. I think you'll see deeper batting orders, batting orders even on Sundays that'll look better with Yelich. I mean, you know, it's an MVP caliber guy. And uh, the other half of it is you then have this luxury where it's Yelich, Kane, Garcia, Bradley Jr., for three spots, which means every single day, as long as you're not playing with a DH, every single day in the sixth inning, let's say, in a one-run game, you can send an, an all-world kind of guy up to the plate. You can send Avisayo Garcia to the plate off the bench in the sixth inning to help you try to win a game. So it's, it's that he is great, but he will also make a bunch of other spots better in the offense, and uh, it's, it'll move much better with him in the lineup, no question. Uh, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers and the drama there as we're talking with Kevin Holden of uh, CBS 58, sports director over there. Uh, your thoughts on Rodgers and the Packers and now Blake Bortles, Jordan Love, uh, and how you're viewing all this nonsense. <laughs> I, I know, again, talking about the, a parallel universe, we're living in a world where Blake Bortles is is something that's being thrown about at, at my workplace in the newsroom at CBS 58. I can hear people across the room talking about Blake Bortles. Like, what what world is that? First of all, 
uh, that's a that's a veteran for the room. But somebody said it to me last night. Blake Bortles is Tim Boyle. Like Blake Bortles is not the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers unless a couple of really really bad things happen. Uh, so I, I don't I see him as the veteran that they want to bring into the room. But he's I mean he's you know he's Tim Boyle with with more game experience years ago. Uh, as far as the the, the drama, I think we're, we're kind of in a holding pattern. I think June 2nd is a date that everybody's kind of circling and, and wondering if this, if this really does happen and it spreads that cap hit over two years. That's probably when it happens. The other date that I think is of real note is June 8th because of the Packers switching around uh, OTAs and their mandatory minicamp. So I feel like this drama kind of holds for a week or two. And then around the 1st of June, the first week or two of June, this thing really, really comes to a head. And then hopefully it's done. Because here's the thing. If Rodgers sticks around and somehow they work this out, everything – and you're going to be dealing with this more than I will, Sparky. You have people calling you on a third down incompletion asking if Rodgers still has intentions of winning, which is ridiculous, right? Yep. That's going to happen. And – I don't want that shadow over everything that we do for the rest of this year, we, you, and I, for the rest of this year. It's got to be resolved. And unfortunately, the resolution that's going to keep us from having to deal with that is a trade. I don't know if that's the most likely, but it's probably the cleanest break that can happen now. See, and the other part of this, too, is is the Jordan Love situation here. You bring up Blake Bortles. We talked about this on the Wendy's Big Show earlier, Gary and I, and just talked about, you know, who do you want doing what? If it's those two and Rodgers is gone, you know, do you want Bortles starting the season? And then if you get off to a starts hot start, you you let Bortles go. Uh, but then if you don't play well early on and it's let's say it's two and five, and now the brutal second half of the Packers schedule is awaiting you, do you throw Jordan Love to the Wolves to get his brains beat in? Uh, but to get the game experience, or do you like, eh, we'll just wait till next year and let him get his game experience, play him in blowouts, and let Bortles get his brains beat in and be the sacrificial lamp this year, and then bring Jordan Love back the following year? That's and Here's the amazing thing. You're talking about a team that's been built. This is a luxury car of a team. You've got Aaron Jones. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got elite defenders. That secondary is finally good, and it's deep. And you're going to hand the keys to that car to Blake Bortles. <laughs> Or, or Jordan Love, and it's it's amazing because that car is built to beat right now, but it's built to beat now with an elite quarterback. This is the dilemma that uh, that the Packers are in because it's not a true rebuild. If you're if you were trading Rodgers and you felt like that team was four and twelve, you could start this long path, and Jordan Love at the tail end of that path is your guy. But man, it's a terrifying concept that you've got all these other good guys in place. And a guy that hasn't started an NFL game in three years might be your quarterback. I do think that's preferable. I don't know how much – if you're coming down to it and it's Bortles or it's Jordan Love, I don't know how much it helps them to have Jordan Love do too much right now. I still think somebody else probably should be taking those initial snaps to start the year. But, man, what a, what a terrible thing for a team that two straight years has been in the NFC Championship game and looks good enough on paper with an elite quarterback to get back there again. It's crazy. Uh, no question about that. You know, the other thing, too, uh, is not only do we have Brewers and Packers, we also have the Bucks situation as we get ready for the postseason uh, to start up. How are you feeling about the Bucks' road to the NBA Finals uh, being the two or three seed at this point versus the one seed? 
pluses for me are, and I've, I've said it a couple of times, that this, these, this group has been through these last couple of years together. And they weren't always great memories. There was the four straight losses against Toronto. There was the collapse against the Heat last year. But at least they've been through big situations together as a group. And I don't, you can't really necessarily say that for Brooklyn. Uh, and that's, that's a plus, I think, in the, in the Bucks' favor. The minus is when the defense isn't there, when the opponents hit threes, it's kind of it's like losing streak catastrophically bad. They, they, this team is is good enough to do great. Uh, I don't know, seventy percent of the time, and then twenty or thirty percent of the time, if that defense isn't there, they don't look like a team that could win a single playoff series. I still think they are a, a Eastern Conference Finals team, uh, and maybe beyond if they catch a good streak. But I am worried that defense. At the end of the day, especially defense, defending the three is going to be a real problem for this team in the playoffs. One last thing for Kevin Holden of CBS 58. The Brewers and Bucks just announced yesterday 50% capacity now uh, starting this weekend for the Brewers and then starting in the playoffs for the Milwaukee Bucks. That was yesterday. Then today, the Brewers put out that starting June 25th, they will be at 100% capacity uh, starting on June 25th. Nothing more for the Bucks. That was earlier. Then, after that press release got put out, a couple hours later comes word from the CDC that everybody that is fully vaccinated no longer has to wear a mask inside or outside uh, going forward if you're fully vaccinated. Do you think the Bucks end up with a full arena before the playoff run is done? I do. I, I think there, there's here's the thing, and, I, and it's not it's not a function of even safety or anything like that. I think it's a function of people's desire to, to be normal. People have spent a year plus indoors, haven't seen family, haven't experienced the things that, uh, that give them pleasure. Uh, you know, sporting events is a, is a perfect example of something that you do for fun, you do for enjoyment, and, and people have not been able to experience that. So I, I'm not, like, super paranoid about the virus, uh, you know, we, we take the precautions that we need to take, and I'm fine taking those, no problem. But I, I think it's going to be full no matter how all that other stuff plays because people just want to be there. They just want to see it. And if they have to forsake a couple of precautions, I think people will probably take a calculated risk and they'll, and they'll go. So, yeah, I, I think you're going to see it, I, you know, fingers crossed that it doesn't cause any kind of jump in numbers. You know, I, I still think we don't 100% understand the virus. We, we have the vaccines, and uh, that helps. But I, I just I hope it doesn't hurt, you know, the, the city and the people that are attending going forward. But, yeah, I think people are, people are ready. People are ready for something, and that's something they'll sacrifice for. He is Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Truly appreciate it. Sparky, you're the TV star. I, you, no. were, you were incredible yesterday. No, 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 no. No, no. That was awesome. I, I, I've seen myself on, on TV. And, and Rami Makhlouf, God bless his soul, you know, the, the Rami show, 3 to 6. I, I always tell Rami, because I've done TV before, and I'm just like, dude, my head is gigantic. Like, I don't even like looking at myself on TV. And, and Rami's just like, dude, everybody on TV has big heads. Like, it, that, that's yes. a thing. That, that In that medium, it's actually okay. And, you know, everybody points to Conan O'Brien and those guys. Uh, not a big fan of me on TV. But either way, as long as you, you're okay with it, that's all that matters. We had we had a blast, and I and I tried to when I put that story together. I said something like we're talking about hedging bets, and I said, "Ah, everybody's hedging these days." 
which was you saying that you were holding you hold a grudge as well as Aaron Rodgers does. I thought that was fantastic. No question. I've said it on there numerous times. Ask Tom Crean, ask Brett Bielma, ask any of those guys. They'll tell you the same thing. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Kevin. Sparky, you the man. Thanks for having me. Take on, care. There he is, Kevin Holden of CBS 58 on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. I'm applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com. Wendy's Big Show tomorrow. Don't miss the franchise. Tim Allen, Ken Barkley from BetQL, and my guy, our guy. I shouldn't say my guy. Our guy. Gary's guy. My guy. Leroy's guy. Dan Plucker's guy. John McLaughlin. Bucks legend will join us tomorrow at 1235 on the Wendy's Big Show. Do not miss it. All right now, you're listening to Sparky's Midday Madness as we broadcast live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. For all of your plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Don't know if you guys saw this or not. We didn't get to it on the Wendy's Big Show uh, earlier today. And I'm not sure if Rami Makloff will get to it on the Rami Show coming up at 3 o'clock or not, but he should. If Rami didn't get to it, he should because this pertains to a town that he used to live in, Minneapolis, right? When he was working at Score North. And I I will just say, if I was living in Minneapolis right now and I was doing sports talk radio, I would be um, losing my mind, scared to death, uh, however you want to go about it. Especially if, you know, I was doing post-game shows after uh, this team's games or uh, if we were doing a coach's show or if we were doing a GM show or if that was my favorite team uh, in Minneapolis. Because I don't think news is going to be good going forward uh, for this franchise. The Minnesota Timberwolves owner, Glenn Taylor, according to ESPN, uh, has reached a verbal agreement on a $1.5 billion sale of the team to former baseball star Alex Rodriguez and e-commerce mogul Mark Lohr. Sources told ESPN confirming multiple reports. NBA approval of the deal was still pending. Neither side has publicly announced an agreement to this Lore and Rodriguez are 50-50 partners. They tried to buy the Mets last year, but were beaten out for the Major League Baseball Club by hedge fund manager Steve Cohen. So, Glenn Taylor is 80 years old. He bought the Timberwolves in 1994 for $88 million because they were about to be moved to New Orleans. And it's said that he would continue to run the club for two more seasons, Uh, until a handover in 2023. The Minnesota Lynx WNBA team is included in the sale to Alex Rodriguez. So the man bought this thing for $88 million in 1994, then started the WNBA team. I'm not sure what the value of the WNBA team is with the Lynx. So $88 million you buy it for, and you sell it for $1.5 billion. You buy it for $88 million, you sell it for $1.5 billion. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, I would bet by 2030, the Timberwolves are no longer in Minnesota. The Lynx are no longer in Minnesota. And Alex Rodriguez has picked that franchise up, both of those franchises, NBA and WNBA team, and has moved them somewhere else. Now, where is somewhere else? Well, I guess you can put me down for Las Vegas. Everybody else seems wanting to go to Las Vegas. We just had this conversation the other day about the Oakland Athletics. 
and where you think Oakland may end up if they don't get that deal done for a new stadium. And the common answer from everybody, Las Vegas. Ask Anthony with trial yesterday, Las Vegas. They got the NFL team, and they're going to be highlighted on Monday night football at their brand new stadium that they opened last year that nobody's been in. So the NFL all about that. And now we're going to talk about an NBA team here, I think, at some point. I mean, it's a lot easier picturing Alex Rodriguez as owner of the Las Vegas Gamblers than the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Can you really picture Alex Rodriguez living in Minneapolis? Now again, just because you own a team doesn't mean you have to live here. See the Bucks, But I don't know whether or not he's going to want to own a team in Minneapolis going forward. Unless I'm missing something. Like, is there a connection between Alex Rodriguez and the city of Minneapolis? Like, is there something, some tie in there that we're all missing? That he has an affinity for Minneapolis because this happened there. Or because this person lives there, right? Are there relatives that live there that used to go visit when he was a kid? Is there some other type of business venture that he has in Minneapolis that we don't know about that makes sense for him to own the Timberwolves and the Lynx? I can't find anything. I can't find anything that tells me that he has a connection. Now, having said that, these owners of the Milwaukee Bucks don't have a connection to Milwaukee either, right? They, they, there's no connection here. They bought the team from Herb Cole. They don't live here, and everything seems to be going fine. Mark Antonasio bought this team from the Selig family. He lives in California, and he hasn't threatened to move the team or do anything different. So just because you don't live there doesn't necessarily mean you don't uh want the team or want the team to be in that city, he very well may want to keep the team in that city. I just think the odds are highly against it. With everybody wanting to go to Vegas, I just think eventually the Timberwolves end up in Las Vegas, end up as the Las Vegas gamblers, and that's how this whole thing plays out. What kind of odds, Plucker, are you giving the Timberwolves to stay in Minnesota with A-Rod as owner? Well, the only reason why it would make sense was would be if they're trying to keep all of the operations in the same place because the Lynx and the Timberwolves both play in Target Stadium, I believe, and there's already a WNBA team in Las Vegas. So if they plan on keeping So you them would have together, that as an issue. You're right. If they're planning on keeping them together, then yeah, it would make sense. But at the same time, A Rod could have just bought the Lynx to then go back and sell them right away and then move could to Las sell Vegas them. with the Timberwolves. Well let's be honest here. Could sell them to the Bucks owners. We don't have a WNBA team in Milwaukee. That is also true. Beautiful so new stadium. That here. would right. That would fill up a bunch more dates for that arena. Of uh, how well it sells in Milwaukee, I don't know, but it would give you a WNBA team uh, in Milwaukee. It's not that big of a move necessarily. So those fans that are fans of them in Minneapolis could still be fans of them in Milwaukee. Could still make the drive to go see the Lynx play or whatever the case may be. You could still carry those games on Fox Sports North up in the Minneapolis area, mm-hmm. even though it would be a Milwaukee team. Right. I think that would make sense. I, to be honest with you, I am surprised we don't have a WNBA team by this point. Right. The issue with that, though, is the Lynx 
have been very good. Like they're one of. If well, I'm not okay taking the best a very good team. team. In, sure, in great. the WNBA. Yeah, but, I got no problem with that. Right. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure people yeah, in Milwaukee fine. here don't have problems. Yeah, with that, we but, won't complain. We but, don't but have to have a rebuild deal <laughs> or a, uh, expansion franchise. We don't need that. Right. But the, uh, what I'm saying is. From Alex Rodriguez's standpoint, right. that might not make the most financial sense, or anybody else that might be interested in buying the links, but to move them to a, a different city. But the question is, from a financial aspect, how much our money are you really making? And that, I don't know. That's the other thing. How much money are these guys really making on these WNBA teams? That that's what we don't know, and that's the one thing that I think would come into play here. If it's not a big money maker, regardless of how good they are, then I don't think he would care. Like, okay, here you go. Here you go, Bucks owners. They're yours. They're the Milwaukee Doe now, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and uh, away you go uh, in Milwaukee. We've never done that as a topic as far as whether or not you think a WNBA team could make it in the city of Milwaukee. I don't know. I don't know either. I think what would be fun to do on this show is, like, what sport that is not currently NHL. in Milwaukee would you want NHL. to be NHL, WNBA, you can go Plucker. MLS. When we were when we were talking about a new arena for the Bucks, we had a ton of people going, screw right. the Bucks, bring an NHL franchise here. So people in this people in this area want hockey. Like youth hockey is really big right now no, uh, in Wisconsin and blowing up. And yeah. I mean, the NHL is definitely the way to go. And I, I think if you did that poll, I think the NHL would win going away. I, from my aspect, I just don't know how much women's sports draws in general. Like, how much does Marquette women's basketball team draw for attendance? How much does the Panthers women's basketball team draw for attendance in Milwaukee? Couldn't tell you. Never been to a game of either one of them. I, I have no idea what kind of numbers they draw. And then you take it to the next level and go, okay, TV rights-wise. Those games would have to be on Bally Sports Wisconsin, I would think, right? So what type of TV audience are they going to draw? Are they going to draw even a share at this point? Now, again, I'm not slamming the WNBA. I'm just saying realistically, I don't know what the TV audience is. Back when the Bucks were bad, they had 0.0 games. 0.0. Didn't even register. That's how bad it was back in the day on Fox Sports Wisconsin when this team stunk. That's how bad it was. People just completely turned them off and didn't care. I was still doing post-game shows even though people didn't care. And I remember doing post-game shows, and people would call me like, Sparky, I don't even watch the game. I just listened to you on the post-game show and call in. Literally, that's what was happening. So I, from a WNBA standpoint, I don't know what it would draw. I, I don't know how it would work, but that would be a fun solution to the Alex Rodriguez moving the team to Vegas uh, standpoint with uh, the Timberwolves and the Lynx. Have you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Now is the time. You can become a successful transporter of expedited freight. Live a stress-free lifestyle. Put the windows down. Turn up the radio to the fan and drive, baby, drive and get paid for it too. Why Young Express? Well, they got 24-7 dispatch cheap. They're extremely dedicated. Take it very personally to keep drivers moving. If you're not moving, you're not making any money. Don't we all want to make money? Yeah, of course we do. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will protect all the, I should say, will provide all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. 99% no-touch freight. The freight is loaded and offloaded for you, so all you have to do is drive. Looking for full-time independent contractors right now is Young Express. You're simply going from point A to point B, picking stuff up and dropping stuff off. You're driving for a career. It doesn't get much easier. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. You keep letting this play, I'm going to have to spit some bars, Sparky. Yeah. All right. Here's Robbie McAuliffe. And I, I, I said this earlier 
Maybe I didn't say it. Did I say it on the air or did I say it off the air to get I don't what? remember. I, I, I did so well last night. And, it's, and yesterday afternoon, I really am proud what? of myself. And about? very rarely do I pat myself on the back. Oh, no, but it took that. everything in my power not uh-huh. to go at you on Twitter last about? night during the Brewers game. And you running your mouth on Twitter about, oh, see, they scored all these runs and they didn't bunt. Now, again, this is all fine because, again, <laughs> they had a bad bunt. Woodruff popped it up. And I knew. But you know what? I don't mind a pitcher bunting. Oh, good. Because Brewers. Burns bunted they effectively to second, and then the next two guys, Wong and Kane, struck out, and they still didn't score a run. But either way, Which would have been the outcome either way because they strike I, out all the time. It's what, what they do, correct? Yeah. And that's fine because in baseball today, it's okay to strike out as long as you hit a home runs. No, that's so, not. That's not. You see, you and Tim both do that, and that's not the thing. Well, it's that all, is the thing. No, strikeouts all, aren't viewed as bad anymore. No, They're they, just viewed as another route. That's not true. That's not true. Strikeouts are still the worst kind of out. They're just not as bad as we thought they were before. And everything is relative. You can't look at the Brewers in a vacuum. You don't care about say, averages. You care about on-base percentage. Right. But but it still matters that you can put balls in play in situations like if you have a runner on third and one man out. You still that That's an instance where you— Oh, so you, you still you, believe in sacrifice flies well, and ground outs to score runs? I mean— It's not just home runs? Any way that you can bring a run across— the plate. Is, we is gave a you a thing. way. We both gave you a way of how to bring a run across the no, plate. You said, no, that's not the correct you, way to bring a run across the plate. You gave me a way to bring a runner to third. Not to get him to the plate. I gave you a way to get a runner. strike out. I gave you a way. that's what the Brewers do. I gave you a way to get a runner home with one hit. You get a base hit. That guy steals second. You bunt to third and the run scores. have this debate with people. But hold on. When you're just arguing with facts. Last night. This would be like arguing with a deck of cards. I'm arguing with a hundred year history. This is what you're doing. You're arguing with a deck of cards. Um, I don't even know what that means. Because baseball is just about stacking the odds in your favor. So when if isn't what, every sport what, that? No, 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 no. But baseball is uniquely similar to. Let, hear me out. Okay. So when when you're playing whatever whatever game it is, blackjack, poker, you wait. You want a certain card to come your way from the dealer, right? Sure. And, I don't play those, but sure. And, and every card that comes out that's not your card, your chances are are going are becoming less and less that you're gonna that before the game ends, you're going to get the card that you want. Only in baseball, it's every out. Every out that you get, you're closer to your end. You're closer to the end outcome. And you're 27 outs or how right, many there exactly. are in extra innings. Right. So you're you're actually hurting your odds of getting the right card when you bunt. Your chances of succeeding go down. See, and what I call that is... you bunt a runner from second to third. Right, absolutely. That's just a fact. Right, absolutely. And, 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 and that's exponential when you have a team that strikes out all the time. Like, you guys just think, oh, they'll just get a sack fly. Like, you haven't been watching them go one for a million with runners but in see, scoring position. But see, that's the funny thing, though. Because they do go one for a million with runners in scoring position means they're not getting hits. Which means I have a better chance of getting a ground ball or sacrifice fly to get a run in than I do waiting for one of our horrible hitters to get a base hit to score a run. That's the exact reason why you do it. what we're asking. And what you didn't mentioned last night on Twitter in your little snarky thing that you tweeted out was, let's see, an outfielder had a fall down to score the first run. The second, the whole second thing that happened. He doesn't fall down in the outfield if you bunt. But that would have been a sacrifice fly because I would have had a runner on third at that point. It wouldn't have mattered. Furthermore, that whole little thing started because Molina had a ball skip off his glove that was high that went to the backstop that even got Vogelbach to first base, for God's sakes. Then you're able to pinch run Vogelbach and take advantage of the rest of it. Again, so there were other factors. It wasn't like they put together some rally where they didn't need to bunt or anything else. Garcia hit it over the wall, didn't he? He right, hit the ball really hard. But that whole rally wall. started because of a, a misplay. The first one started because of a misplay. That's what set this all up. Now today, t- 
tell me how the, it's going today. Plocker, what's the score today with this vaunted Brewers offense? One to nothing. They're losing one to nothing to the Cardinals. Again. They're not now, again, a good today, offensive team. Flaherty's a great that's, pitcher today. That's so the problem. It is what it is. So you guys think that the, the problem is that they're not doing enough to create runs. The problem is they're just not capable of scoring a lot of runs. They weren't a great offense to start the season, and then they lost Christian Yelich. Keston Hira mm-hmm. hasn't figured things He's out. In the, guy, the guy who was your best hitter, basically, Omar Narvaez, was hurt. You got him back today. Finally. I mean, this just isn't a very good offensive lineup. And I know that when things are bad, things are going wrong. Human nature is to look for answers. We talked about small ball on this station for the last several years. Even when you were in Minnesota, nothing's changed. Yeah, man, I understand. We've always talked about it. I know. And it it hasn't, it didn't make sense when I was here before. It didn't make sense when I was gone. And it still doesn't make sense now. now. Now, the type of small ball. Like if you're talking about stealing bases, all right, you can try and steal bases. If if you're a str- that's against the analytics too, because they don't like you stealing bases. Strug- well, that's not true either. See, you like to make blanket statements. It is about because analytics. when Ken Maka was here, that was Moneyball. That was Billy Bean. They're completely against stealing bases. They're 110 percent against stealing bases. No, the, now there's the a there thumb, might be a version away from Billy Bean, the, but that was their belief. The rule of thumb is that it's only worth it to steal bases if you have about a 77 to 80 percent success rate. See, you don't need to be a man. Manager. Rami could manage baseball. It's just numbers now. It's not It's not anything other no, than but just, just numbers and analytics. Sparky. You See, should manage again, the Brewers. There you go with a blanket statement. My, I just said that's a rule of thumb. That changes based on situation. That changes based on player. But I'm sure there's that, numbers that for formula, all of this. That algorithm is, 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 is a generic formula made with replacement level players. That's all that that is. So, so when you when you individualize it, it changes from player to player and from situation to situation. But isn't that all on a sheet of paper with numbers? I mean, to some to some extent, yes. Okay, so what then does Council do? A lot. What? A lot, because sometimes sometimes because he says the lineup doesn't matter. So I'm not going to give him credit for that because he said that doesn't matter. Mm. So move away from lineups the lineup. Ma- when he says that, he just means lineups don't matter in the sense that you guys have come to know lineups, that you need, like, the speedy on-base guy at the top. You need the guy who can lay down a bunt batting second, the utility guy who can lay down a bunt, and then your big slugger has to bat fourth. Like, that's what right. he means. Now bat your best players at the bottom of the lineup. No, 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 you bat your, your slugger down at, at eight, and lineups don't matter. So who that, cares which way you put them in the order? Reason, the reason you put your bat, your best batters at the top is that so that they get to the plate more so, often. And, and increase your odds of getting hits and scoring runs. Can I can I butt in just a little bit? Sure, absolutely, okay. Plucker. The Brewers are 0 for nine today with runners in scoring position. Correct. In this series no against hits. the Cardinals, they are now two for thirty right. with runners in scoring. But keep position. waiting for that big hit to get a run in. Yeah, well, I don't I don't understand how when you're two for thirty, you can't start to adjust in some way. Thank and you. For some if reason, your adjustment is giving out outs, is giving away outs, then that's a that's bad adjustment. That's not necessarily the adjustment that needs to be out. made. But the other stuff, and that's what I was just getting to, Plucker, I don't mean to interrupt, but this no, is what I was okay. just getting to. If you want to try and steal bases, go ahead and try and steal bases. But when people say, well, just go go to the right side of the infield so the guy can run to third. Right, this I is don't like, buy that. This is like, that's like saying just go the other way and beat the shift. It's not as easy as you say. These are th- The things you want these guys to do are things that skilled hitters do. Even, even getting a pitch and lifting it to the outfield for a sack fly to score a run is something that a skilled hitter has to do. And what I'm trying to tell you people, I didn't get into my show before the first few people <laughs> today. That's how annoying and frustrating you people are. What I'm trying to tell you is that the Brewers line 
lineup is just stacked with not-so-skilled hitters right now. So you're asking them to do something that they can't, except for maybe bunt, and when you bunt, you're giving away outs and decreasing your odds of scoring runs and winning. So what are you talking about? The most logical explanation you could have said, outside of what you just did waste your breath saying, is guys in professional baseball just don't bunt worth a damn anymore, and it's not taught, and it's not practiced. Because it's not and worth they, it. And it they, doesn't make and, sense. And they can't execute it. Instead, let's wait for hits, because we're zero for 100. One of these days, we'll get one, and then we'll say, yeah, see, you don't have to bunt. We got a hit to drive in a run for the first time in the series, versus not needing more than one hit to score a run. I mean, it's it's psychotic. Okay, but wouldn't it also make more sense to put your better hitters towards the front of the lineup? Why is Vogelbach, who's hitting 200 batting third, Kane is hitting under 200 batting second, when Avi Garcia has been red hot oh, that's batting easy. fifth or sixth, that's, and Omar Narvaez is coming back hitting 357 on the year, no, hitting sixth? So if you're if you want your best hitters Agreed. to hit as much as they can, they should be up in the lineup what's, hitting second and third. What's the on-base percentages for those two? The on-base percentage for Omar Narvaez is no, Vogelbach. For Vogelbach, 322. And what is it for Lorenzo Kane? 306. So, so those aren't good. He's right. right. He's right about that. That's a fair point. No, Avi Garcia is, is 341. Uh, Narvaez is 439. Right. So, so those guys should be at near to the top of the lineup. You would think so, but lineups don't mean anything to council. I keep telling means, you that. Dude. That is what he keeps telling you. And what he means. It's hard to argue against it when you see some of what he puts you're, out. You're twisting his words. You yourself can't defend this. No, that doesn't make sense. But follow, that make sense. follow his lineups day to day and tell me how much it makes sense and how much it doesn't. Council has a thing, and he does it with a lot of things, where this guy was good two years ago. Like, I'm just going to put him back out there in that same situation, and I know he's going to figure it out. That type of stuff drives me nuts. The other thing you can look up, Plucker, because, again, it's all based about numbers. What is Kane's what is Kane's numbers lifetime against Flaherty? What are Vogelbach's numbers lifetime against Flaherty? And, hey, look, he's three for three. Put him at the top of the lineup. He hits Flaherty well. Let's hit him there. Because, again, it all goes back to numbers. Real uh, quick, before we, we, we wrap up we, and we you do. ask me what's coming up on the show today. Remember yesterday we were talking about Zach Gelb's Cavs? Yes. And I had him on the show yesterday. Right. Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio. Four o'clock yesterday. Me every day at six. Yeah, go back and listen to it on your Odyssey app. So I brought up his Cavs. That's how I started the interview. I was like, I, I know You're like, going to lead with it. I know it's a weird place to start an interview, but Sparky brought this up, and I have to ask. And he said, he said compared like to like an NFL offensive lineman or something, his Cavs are not that impressive. But for, you know, the average, average Joe, the yeah. average Joe, he's, he said, yeah, Sparky's right. They are. So I, okay, I, we talk about it, blah, blah, blah. This morning, I get a DM. He sent you the Cavs. From Zach Gelb. And it's these bad boys right here. I know. <laughs> Well aware, I've seen them. Told you. Why? Why are national sports talk radio hosts sending me pictures of their? Calves you brought it up, so he's going to show DMs. you. Did, hey, man, he's proud Zach of Gelb his calves. Just, did Zach Gelb just slide in my DMs? He is proud. With the calf pick. I told you. Is that you. what just happened here? I told you, man. Proud of his calves, and they Apparently, are gigantic. I said, I said they live up to the hype, man. Congrats. Told they, you. They do. Did Those you are, tell him you thought yours were bigger? I mean, mine are pretty close. I oh got my some, god! I got some impressive. Not. Should I take a picture and send them back? to Yes. Him? Send it yes. back. Should I? I think Evan should take a picture for you and then send it back. Is Zach, Zach Gelb isn't like a heavy dude, though, is he? Because we've talked before. Mm. I don't remember who it was. He's I, lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, he? but okay. I mean, what is he? Like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, something. Yeah, he's a big dude in that perspective. I yeah. think I've and I've, I brought this theory up in, when when I was a host on the big show because I don't remember who the intern was. Remember we had an intern who was a he was a bigger dude and Gary. Evan. Was, was it Evan? Was that Evan who Gary was? To, he was like. 
enthralled with, with his huge calves. calves. And yeah. with, was that Heffelman? He do- no. Oh, okay. No. Different Evan. Okay. All right. No, he does a podcast now, too. He was with the Racine Raiders. In fact, I think he's uh, producing at another station in town now. Oh, really? I think. Well, I, I said then. I said, you know, he was a bigger guy. Evan with Tallison. Okay. He's, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. He was a bigger guy, and I, I'm a, I used to be a, a much bigger guy. Yes, that guy. That right. dude. Um, and I said, I think big, big dudes generally have big and even muscular, like impressive calves because that's where all the weight. Because you got to carry all that weight. Yeah, that's where all Makes the sense. weight falls. So then yeah. even if you lose weight, you still have like big, jacked, impressive calves like myself and Zach Gelb. Hmm. Even even when you slim down, those bad boys are still there. Well, I had an audience for you. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, so those of you that are left, what, what's coming up at 3 o'clock? We're going to break down the schedule, Sparky, like nobody breaks down the schedule. You know, I used to think that this whole schedule thing was overhyped, and like we're just making a big deal out of, out of games being out. I love it, it. Not only do I love it, and I love how the NFL makes a circus yes. out of everything. They're very good at that. But it, it has a big impact on how a season can go. No question. In the order of the games, the yes. road games, blah, 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 blah. For sure. So we're going to break it down. Travel. We're going to break it down in depth because what else do I got to do while the Brewers are playing? We'll do that. I have another Aaron Rodgers conspiracy. Why? Why? First of all, let's just say something. Once Corbin Burns is out of the game, is Burns out of the game yet, Plucker? Is Corbin Burns still in the game or is he out? Is there no way no, we he's can been get out of the game for YouTube a while. on he one of these the TVs and watch this game? There's got to be right, a way. So Corbin Burns is out of the game? Yeah. Everybody shut the game off. Nobody's listening. It's all done. Or watching for that banner on YouTube. Because they know they're not, they know we're not scoring runs. The game's over. True. They're losing. It's scored, one nothing. It's over. Scored a bunch of runs last night. It's all done. No, it's not. And right. now Tim Nothing's will come over. on the air this afternoon and do the whole same post game show he's done all year. Complain about not scoring runs. We need small ball. How are we going to oh, fix God. the offense? Am I going to have to fight That's, him too? Oh, you, you better be ready for that. I don't want to fight Tim oh, today too. Oh yeah, I'm so done yes. with this, dude. You I'm better be argue- ready. I'm done arguing yeah. with with people who want to make their yeah. own reality. You just want to argue Four- with facts. Four more, four and a half more months of this. I've done this for four years. I got to do it more now, arguing with people who don't like facts. Did you do this in Minnesota? Oh, no, you don't do it in Minnesota because you got the DH. So y'all ain't talking about bunting in Minnesota, right? No, I hated it. That's what I hated about American. I mean, I didn't hate. I, I Actually, that was a fun Twins team to cover and talk about. Yeah. But the the, the strat, the strat. The, there that's is why no I strategy. don't want universal DH. It just takes all the strategy right. out of the game. And it, it made it a little, I don't know. I don't want to say boring, just less exciting to talk the game of baseball when you don't have that stuff. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Question. But there'd be less argument between you and me and everybody else. That'd like be arguing. good. I mean, I'm, there's a part you of like me that, arguing. There's Did a part you just of me, say that? There's a part of me that really, that's really enjoying this. Even though on the surface, I'm, I can't stand you people. Another one. But deep down inside, there's a part of me that's kind of enjoying this. Same, I said The same thing I said about the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like, even if you're a huge Packers fan, there's got to be a part of you that just likes the salaciousness and the pettiness and the drama of it all and the storyline that it brings to the sport of football. That makes sports more fun. Or you're just weird. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.